una y dos y dos una y dos Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. In Tala de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 38, Character. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And this Wednesday, August 1st, is the second part of my summer merchandise launch. Uh, I have pins, stickers, posters, and original art that's going to be going live for sale. Uh, log on to cortezNYC.bigcartel.com. You can find all my stuff on there. Um, we have package deals as well. So take advantage of the package deals where you can get multiple items for less um, and support an artist. All right, characters. Let's talk about characters. Yes. Um, all right. This art talk, I want to talk about characters. Last art talk, we spoke about wild style. I did like a graph tutorial. We talked about different, different ways to look at wild style lettering, the construction, the structure of them, and also how to develop graffiti letters. Um, this time, I want to talk about characters because that's another big topic. You know, I think in the graffiti world, you'll, I think you've seen it, Carla, like you'll have graffiti artists who only do lettering. Mm -hmm. You have graffiti artists that only do characters. Yeah. And then you have graffiti artists who do both. It's a little more rare that you have somebody do both. I don't know why that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've always asked myself because I'm, I'm somebody who does both, but I never understood why what do you think why do people think split i guess it depends on on your background like if maybe you were introduced to graffiti as it's just graffiti the letters and writing my name and leaving my mark behind you're not gonna think about characters but if you're more into art and maybe like your background like it's more about fine art and also um, more like i'm in a more creative spectrum of knowing comic books and knowing uh, different aspect of art then maybe you want to incorporate that to to your piece true but i still don't get why some people would be so firm into saying and so rigid into saying i only do lettering or the other way around i only do characters well maybe they feel more comfortable like yeah. it's, it's their comfort zone they don't, they don't want to get out of the comfort zone because because a lot of times the guys that do lettering mm -hmm. only they 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 have ideas if yeah, you start yeah, talking to course. them they have crazy ideas their ideas like they have a lot of visualization in their mind of like characters and and themes and yeah. things but they they don't challenge themselves or execute it or maybe they don't have a maybe they don't have an, a way of approaching it i don't know what it is I don't know. Or maybe they just identify more with lettering and they just don't want to deal with characters. Exactly. They, they can see the, the image and they can talk about what they would picture. But they don't want to create they it. They don't want to create it. Right, 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 right. I don't know. And the same thing with the other people, the people that just do characters. They don't want to do lettering. And I'm like, wow, a lot of people that do really good rendered characters or really creative characters. And I'm like, why don't you just spend a little time and do some lettering? It'd probably mm -hmm. look really cool. Yeah. Because it would be funky, like with yeah, your yeah. character style. Um, this little episode, I want to talk about 
specifically graffiti characters, compared to, let's say, just drawing cartoon characters. There's a specific criteria when it comes to graffiti characters mm -hmm. that separate them from just regular cartoons. Yeah. Even though people do take regular cartoons and put and them put on walls, uh -huh. they take uh, photographs and, and render them beautifully on walls. And that looks beautiful, but it looks like a mural. It doesn't right. look like graffiti characters. Right. So there's something about the graffiti characters. I think there's a tie-in to what we used to call the b-boy characters, which was a representation of the, the regular street kid, you know, like the, the urban kid. Uh, usually the characters would be wearing the clothes that the urban kids are wearing or, mm -hmm. or something that represents their urban environment, whether it's back in the day would be a boombox, mm -hmm. you know, the radio or a spray can in their hand. Mm -hmm. Or if they were showing like gangster characters, they would have like guns in their hands and things like that. Baseball hats and, and hoodies, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just to, mm -hmm. to kind of identify themselves on the wall as a representation, an icon of themselves on the wall. So there is something about the graffiti characters that that are different than regular cartoon characters. Um, let's start with, with the notes that I have here. So I think the, the first thing that I, I have to acknowledge is that graffiti characters are very, very similar to wild style letters. And people are going to say, what are you talking about? And if you really look at the best graffiti characters, the ones that stand out, uh, every character that I do is not an A plus character. Mm -hmm. I've, I do characters all the time. They're not always great. They're not all gems. Yeah. But the ones that stand out that people really react to usually have some similarities to graffiti lettering. And this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say they have similarities in their shapes. The graffiti characters that have more angles mm -hmm. and cuts and movement that are similar to lettering, those are the ones that stand out. They have to be kind of abstracted. They can't be so anatomically correct. They have to be a little bit off, a little bit flat, yeah. and they have to have, maybe in their eyes, maybe in the way that they position their arms, they have to have like this angular tick-tock that kind of connects with lettering. And so that when you see it, you say, you know, that looks a little bit like a letter or like, mm -hmm. or like a graphic abstraction. It doesn't look like a real character, you know? And that, that is one of the elements that graffiti characters have to have. They have to have graphic shapes that are similar to the graphic shapes that you see in your lettering. So let's say if your lettering style is very bubbly, uh -huh. I would imagine that your graffiti characters would be bubbly. They'd mm -hmm. be very rounded. Um, the heads, the fingers, the arms, the body shapes would be very rounded so that it matches your, your lettering and it ties it all together. If, you're, if your style is very angular and sharp, then your character would probably have very sharp points and very sharp angles. And that ties them in. So it doesn't look like you just copied something from a comic book. It looks like it marries to your right. graffiti piece. Those are the successful ones. Like I said, I don't do it all the time. But the ones that are successful are the ones that tie these things together. Um, another thing to point out, you know, along the lines of the graphic shapes is graffiti characters, they are an abstraction of something that is real that we can recognize. So, for example, an abstraction of a person. You know, you're representing a type of person in an abstract way. Uh, the abstraction of an animal, you know, whether it's a dog, a lizard, a parrot, a bird, an eagle, you know, people are doing all kinds of animals and creatures, you know, in, 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 a, in a graffiti piece. And it's how you represent that animal in an abstract way. Um, and then also objects, 
uh, sometimes people animate like a, a spray can. Mm-hmm. They make a spray can, but they give it arms and a face and, and bodies and, and put a hat on it and all that. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? Abstract it and still let it still make it look like it is a spray can, identifiable. You know, the best graffiti characters are really simple, really basic and dumbed down, but still represent exactly what you're trying to represent. Um, that's that's something that graffiti type of characters all have in common that cartoon characters don't necessarily have when you look at a comic book or you look at an animation it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. graffiti characters you can abstract the graffiti character you could you could remove the eyes of a graffiti character and replace it with lettering you can remove the mouth of a graffiti character and replace it with lettering you know he can have an arm that extends out into an arrow and becomes part of your piece. And nobody's going to even look at it weird. Right. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a graffiti character. Right. It's allowed to do that. It's a graffiti character. That's a weird thing that we've all accepted, that graffiti characters can do these things. If you did that with a cartoon character in a comic book, people would be like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. They would assume that you don't know how to draw. They would assume that you can't draw, uh, you know, eyes. Or, mm-hmm. you know. But in, in the graffiti world you're almost expected to break those rules. You know, they, they graffiti, graffiti, I would identify graffiti character artists as people that are, could have been car- comic book artists or cartoonists, but decided to go the route of graffiti mm-hmm. and have the, all the technical ability of the comic book artists and cartoonists, but they play with it. They abstract it and they have fun with it and they intermix things. Uh, but. Wouldn't you call graffiti characters a type of cartoon? Yes and no. Because mm-hmm. they would a cartoon a cartoon mm. to me is usually humorous. Okay. It's usually representational of something in our regular world that uh-huh. that everybody identifies with. Okay. Usually, that's that's the that gets to the core of what do we what do we define here? A cartoon is usually the the simplification of an iconic thing that everybody can recognize. Uh-huh. Graffiti characters are meant for the graffiti culture to identify. Okay. So, to the general public, some of these graffiti characters might not make sense. They might not understand what it is. They might look at it and be like, "Why does this character have this kind of arm and this kind of hat and this kind of eyes?" They think it looks cool, but they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the graffiti character that makes it different than a cartoon. Usually, cart- when you think of cartooning and cartoons, you're taught to represent things that everybody can identify. Okay. So, I don't know. That's my separation between cartooning and graffiti characters. Um, all right. So, along with some of my other notes, when you are inventing a graffiti character, you always have to ask yourself, what's the purpose of this character? What is the point of this character? If you're going to give birth to a fucking character, like why are you even making this thing come to life? Mm-hmm. You have to know, is this character supposed to be uh, a, a, an icon of intimidation? It's supposed to be like an evil character or it's supposed to be like a fun character. Right. That's very important from the very beginning. You should identify why are you doing this? And I think you do it unconsciously as an artist. You're going to approach the wall and your style is going to create these characters so Uh if your personality and your and your lettering style is fun and silly and not serious then your character is going to look that way if your style is a little more darker and and a little more gritty or realistic then your characters are going to look that way too so 
what's the purpose of your character ties into what's the purpose of you even painting on the wall. The attitude, the pose, and the action. That's another thing to take into account. When you're designing your character, it's such a simplified character that you have to know right out the gate. What is the attitude of the character? Is the character just chilling and kind of giving you side eye and just kind of like looking at you, posing in front of the piece, next to the piece? Or is it is it an action pose? Is the character like jumping out from behind the piece or pointing in a certain way or, or doing some sort of action thing? And, and that should be the only thing that you want to show about this character. That should be the focus of the character. When people look at this character, they should immediately understand when they when they describe it they should be able to say yo did you check out that wall down the block with the character jumping out from behind or yeah. did you sh they should be able to say it in two words did you see the wall with the character with the angry character or the uh -huh. happy character or the you know yo this crazy eraser that he drew an eraser and then you got to go through what is an eraser you know i want to see what this eraser looks like these things are are key to these characters you you have to be able to make them so simple and so iconic of an attitude a pose an action an, an idea that people get it right away that people can identify because the, these characters half the time don't even have names nobody knows them they're right. they're right. original characters mm -hmm. nobody nobody can identify it and say like it's not like saying the hulk oh look that's yeah a hulk. oh there's a hulk somebody drew a hulk yeah it's not yeah, like yeah. that yeah you're take that's part of the abstraction right that's what i'm saying is different than a cartoon okay a cartoon you can say oh did you see the soccer player doing whatever like that cartoon of the soccer player or whatever but but when you talk about graffiti characters it's an abstract thing of a, almost sometimes of just a, a mood uh -huh, and you make yeah, a yeah. character of this mood to represent the mood to represent the mood or the attitude exactly um and then so the other things to think about when you're making these characters um what's the decorative color or costumes of these characters um I'll give you an example. For graffiti artists out there, I'll give you a challenge. Make Take the first letter from your piece. Let's say, from, for me, it's the letter C, right? I take the letter C, I turn it into a character. I, I give it a rope chain and a baseball hat, tucked low, and one arm sticking out, giving the middle finger. That's my graffiti character. It's a lettering, it's an animated letter, and I put a baseball hat on it, a rope chain, and it's giving you the middle finger. Right there, I just said it in a few words and you already can imagine right. what it's going to look exactly. like. You know what I mean? On the other hand, if I take, let's say my letter S, mm -hmm. right? And I make it a female character exactly. and I give her, you know, a ponytail. The letter S has a ponytail and it has like a little cute heart chain or some earrings. Done. You already know that's a graffiti character. That's not a cartoon. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? A cartoon is different. A graffiti character can be the letter S. <laughs> With, a, with door knockers exactly. and a ponytail and it's like the throwy i remember that throwy that you did back in puerto rico five yeah. years ago yeah yeah and it was like a kind of like a shark i think yeah, it had yeah. like little tooth like that and it was just the letter the letter had little eye and like teeth like a shark and that and that's the minimum and that's what people have done in the past and people do it in their throwies even bombers people who just take tags and mm -hmm. bomb in their throwies they'll animate their letters and turn them into into characters mm -hmm. and that's the minimum Right. And that's where I'm saying, like... That even that is a graffiti character. That's a graffiti character. And when you do more intricate, more detailed graffiti characters, it's just the evolution of that. Mm -hmm. It's not really representing a person. Yeah. It's an animated extension of your lettering and your lettering style into a... Taking the form of a person. But it should still have that animation and that 
wildness or, or that motion of your lettering. It should still have those angles. The way that you see, if you look at graffiti characters, the way that they make the eyes, the way that they make the hands, it, it's angled the way that they do their lettering. And you'll find that, the similarities. Um, all right, moving along here. I think another and the last thing that you should think about when you're doing the graffiti characters, and this is really the last thing. This is like, if you want to go that extra mile, is the anatomy and the rendering. That's where your artistic knowledge can come in. If you are that artist that does, you know, realistic characters, realistic people, portraits, things like that, or renders very realistically, that's the last step. After you've already gone through all these little things that you've thought about and, and, and developed this character, this funky, abstract graffiti character, the last thing could be to render it a little bit, to kind of give it a little bit of life. And I think people are misled. They think that graffiti characters that are very rendered look real. Yeah. Like they say, oh my God, that looks so realistic. Meanwhile, the graffiti artist just went ks, ks, at the end with two sprays, ks, 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 gave it a little highlight and made it look real. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But really the character was an abstraction of something that came out of a bunch of, a bunch of splats and, and, and a couple of lines and a couple of things to give it an attitude. And it just looks like it's a rendered thing, but it's not really fully rendered. A lot of graffiti artists do that. And I think it's, a, it's the imagination that fills in the rest of the person looking at it. You know, the, the loaded Im imagination of, uh, you know, of the person looking at the piece. Exactly. Um, all right, I mean, moving along here quick. I mean, this is a lot of information, but I think the last things that I would want to talk about is when you do a piece of production and you do characters, other things that might come into play is when you do multiple characters. And I'm, I'm, I'm known for doing that, multiple. And when I do a piece, I, I, if I do one character, it's very rare. I usually fill it up yeah. with a lot of characters, background characters, maybe an interplay between characters. Mm -hmm. um, I would say my advice to that is when you do multiple characters, make sure that one of the characters stands out as the main character. You want to have one character be either the biggest one or the one in the center or the one that has the most attitude or the one that has the most detail. Always make at least one of them stand out. You don't want to have all this mess of characters. You want to have some focus when you make these graffiti characters, especially because they're so abstract. Yeah, exactly. You don't want it to be a mess of abstraction. You want to have a focal point. Um, so keep in mind that one, your main character should be the most focused, the most detailed, the most, you know, central to your piece. Um, another thing to think about and keep in mind, which I just touched on earlier, is graffiti characters can exist within letters, in the beginning of the letters, at the end of the letters, or on top of the letters. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's rare that they're under the letters, like right. below it. Right. So. Keep that in mind when you're designing graffiti characters that the characters should be drawing your attention like either to the right of going into the lettering because you put him on the left, now he's pointing towards the right or at the end of the lettering pointing back at your letters. But your characters should be your bookmarks. They should be turning your focus back into your lettering. And if the character's in the middle, make sure that the character plays well in the center of your piece. Don't let the character kind of just sit there like somebody slapped the character onto your piece. It should mm -hmm. be living inside of your piece. Um, and that, that kind of helps in the design of the character. It helps, it helps the viewer to understand why that character exists. Exactly. If, the, if it's placed correctly in relation to your lettering. Exactly. Um, and then I think the last thing that I would say is, is for the people out there that are a little shy of doing characters, don't, don't be embarrassed if the characters don't look real to you. It's not really about reality. I think that's my, this whole conversation. 
Graffiti characters are not about, are not about reality or realistic people. Graffiti characters are about an attitude. It's about a mood. Anything could be a graffiti character. A lightning bolt can be a graffiti character. You know, a pair of headphones could be a graffiti character. Mm -hmm. A microphone. People used to do microphones all the time when it was a big with rap and graffiti and it was tied together. Yeah. No, nobody does it anymore. Yeah. But it used to be a big thing. Boom boxes, microphones, you know, those things. Spray, a spray can is like the iconic <laughs> graffiti character. It's like, the definition of personification, basically. Graffiti characters, the definition of personification. Thank you so much for summing it up, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> you found the perfect word. <laughs> yeah, um, but it should be fun also. It should be fun to you. Don't, if you're struggling to do a character, you're doing it wrong. It should be fun. All right, guys, so go draw invent let your imagination run wild um tag me if you do some fun things cortez nyc live stream on instagram all right culture talk yes <clears throat> sorry culture talk <laughs> So, and on this culture talk, we're going to be talking about friendship. And it's going to be more about thinking about the friends that we have and maybe appreciate them a little bit. Um, we're going we're gonna to go through some stages for you guys to evaluate your friendships, the friendships you already have. Um, and these stages, are le I learned them in school because I'm a communications major and interpersonal communication is part of the communication studies spectrum and as part of the curriculum we were learning about how do we uh, go through certain stages um, when a friendship evolves and w I just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about these stages and let's just rethink our friendships and see how they develop sometimes this happens so naturally so organically that we don't think that we're following certain steps yeah. uh, but we do you know I, when you brought up this topic and i thought it, it kind of went well with graffiti characters yeah. in that if you look at your friendships and you look at the group of friends that you have don't we all have like some real characters in our friend circles like like mm -hmm. our, our circle of friends i know we all have a cast of characters you have the guy who's like serious the guy who's funny the guy who you know is always up to no good or the guy who you know is always too good or the guy who's always late the guy who's always on time the guy, like you yeah. have all these personalities and these characters and sometimes a lot of times when i'm drawing characters i pull from those memories of that, th those human experiences and interactions of friendships that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my case, I have a group of friends uh, from back in Puerto Rico, back when we were in middle school, and we're still friends, and we're seven. Seven females, we're all different. You have the one that is a little bit more serious, the ones that are a little bit more free and carefree, um, but in a way, we all connected, and that's why we are all friends. Uh, so going into the stages, this is for you guys to evaluate the friendships that you already have. So the first one is called like discovering roles. So when we talk about discovering roles, is that's that fir first interaction that you have with a person that you just met. And sometimes when we first met our friends, for in my case it was in school, and I was just 
getting to know them because it's for me they seem different and they seem like maybe we had things in common but I didn't really know so at that time I was just talking to them saying hello how are you where you came from because some of them moved to my school and they were new students at my school so that's discovering roles then we go into starting friendly relations that's the name of the stage um, and this in this stage what we do usually when we are meeting new friends and I remember when I was back in school um, you start to check what are their interests so I, I will I used to talk with my friends and see like do you like music and then if I notice that they will like music I'll be like oh okay that's something that we have in common maybe we can continue getting to know each other and that's how I feel I connected with all my friends because um, my friends are all into music, going out, something creative, uh, something artistic in a way. They're very outspoken and fun. So that's something that connected me to them. Yeah. And that's something that happens with conversations. I, I, I think at my age, over the years, I've made so many friends and some friends that I've lost touch with. And I, and I think at this stage in my life, friends that I have usually we have friendships in common because we are into the same interest which is something creative some yeah. sort of creative venture whether it's visual art or audio art or something like that or some sort of creative venture like if you're not into something creative it's very hard for me right now to maintain a friendship with you exactly you know what i mean because i'm so involved in what i do and i'm seeking other people for motivation or inspiration or or um or even to t sometimes to share work, but most of the time, even if we don't work together, we're still, you know, interested and, and can relate yeah. to that kind of schedule and that kind of work ethic. And I think that is something that informs my friendships now. And that's why my circle is small. Yeah, exactly. And for me, moving to New York and trying to make friends in New York, um, it has been a, a little bit tough because for me now I look into like, what are you from and your culture to see if we can connect because sometimes we meet so many different people and it's difficult to find a common ground yeah so i start to talk and sometimes the not friendship but um the stage of relationships can just stay in friendly relations because i really don't know what else to talk about <laughs> so yeah uh, then continuing to the next stage is called moving towards friendship and this is the time when when I was back in school I used to have messenger I don't know if you guys remember what messenger Never, was I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so messenger <laughs> was kind of like a whatsapp okay but instead of using it on the phone you're using the computer gotcha and I used to have messengers, so when I was trying to connect more with my new friends, which are now my old best friends, friends oh. and old friends. <laughs> I'll uh, tell them I said they're old friends. <laughs> we, we used to talk on the messenger, and that was our hangout. We were like, oh, give me your messenger, and we will talk and send like little emojis and stuff like that so through the messenger. And now it's your Instagram. But now it's your Instagram, yeah. Right. Now it's sharing your Instagram, sharing your Facebook, giving your phone number. Yeah, that's true. So when you get to a certain stage where you already feel that that friend is somebody that you can trust, maybe, then you start sharing a little bit more with them. And that's 
moving towards friendship. And then we go to nascent friendship. To what? Nascent friendship. What's that? Nascent. Nascent. It's basically like starting a friendship. It's a friendship that is. Spell nascent. N a s c e n t. Nascent. Okay. Nascent. Um, and it's basically when the relationship is born. Basically, that's mm. like. The friendship is born. Okay. Because fir first you were moving towards friendship, and then the relationship finally was born because you share a little bit more. So that for guys, that's probably like when you have that first beer and go, you know what? Exactly. We could have another beer. Exactly. That's exactly what. <laughs> that's it the is. second beer. <laughs> that's the second beer. The exactly. second beer is okay. Now we're friends. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. That's how you define this nascent. Friendship is when you start having lunch or dinner, share drinks, but you don't get into personal stuff because it's still a little bit yeah. too early for you to share personal struggles or... Yeah, I mean, that. I think that happens often when you meet new people. It'd yeah. Be, people who are socially awkward and don't know how to communicate with new people in social mm -hmm. environments... Sometimes we'll say the wrong thing up front. Mm -hmm. By the second beer, they're talking about their divorce or they're talking about something from their past or their personal life. And you're like, uh, yeah. that's not the topic that we're here for. We're here to keep it light, keep it entertaining. If we get to know each other, maybe down the road, maybe. Exactly. But not really. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot, I think, with yeah. friends that you make at work. Yeah. Because it's you tough. go out and you want to have a beer and have fun, but at the same time, you don't want to make it too personal because you know that you have to see that person again and again and again. Yeah. And and also, I mean, some of the, per I mean, this might be another topic for another show, but <laughs> what is what is acceptable conversation and what is too personal? Exactly. Um, you know, sometimes, especially now mm -hmm. that we all socialize online. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to identify what's too much information. Yeah. And I think we all have certain filters that allow us to say, you know what? We know how to... Exactly. We have all agreed that this much information is good and all the rest is like... Exactly. Direct messages. Exactly. <laughs> DMs. Yeah. And, and I don't... I'm not here for the DMs. I'm here to like just be a friend. Just like a just public be cool. information. Yeah. <laughs> like let's just be cool. Anything you say to me should be something that I could repeat to anybody else. I exactly. shouldn't I shouldn't be afraid to repeat this to somebody else. Exactly, exactly. I yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. So uh then we go into stabilized friendship. Stabilized. Stabilized. Then we go into stabilized friendship. Okay. And this is basically when your friendship is already uh, stable like the word said and it's not only stable but you trust that person is something more special you share more than just drinks but you plan for future events so you keep that person in mind for let's say oh I'm thinking I'm going to a concert next week I'm gonna tell her just in case she wants to come or oh I'm going through a rough time so I'm gonna talk to her maybe she can help me with some advice um, it's when you already have that trust and you're confident that that person will will have will, will be there for you. I think I think for guys, it, it would be more like we had a successful night. Nobody got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. There was no fights, and let's do it again. Fine, we're stable. Exactly. We're friends. I could trust you. We're friends. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. we're cool. Like mission accomplished and we're all good. Yeah. Okay. Everybody still has their limbs. Yeah, I mean, 
for guys, it's a very simple. I guess for guys, it's a little less spoken and a little more just like action based. Exactly. And it's just like um, project accomplishments. Exactly. If you accomplish the project with somebody, a project could be going out for the night, or a project can be doing a wall together, or doing a pro an actual project together. Mm -hmm. But if if you've accomplished something together and it was successful then you can move on to be like i could trust that guy exactly. that's my boy yeah, yeah like that's my home because you have them yeah he, he's got my back i see that we, he's trustworthy and in my case i think i've seen this when you're going to a rough time and you kind of like win like you don't know if you can trust the person yet but you're trusting yourself that you can trust that person and then you tell them about the situation and that's how you Uh, basically also that's how also trust evolve because by you telling that person you're trusting them that they will take care or at least be careful with the information that you're giving them <laughs> and then um, also get some advice and then I think that it sounds like girls play a little game of like let me give you something valuable can I trust you with this valuable thing I mean you go Is I that don't know. true? Uh, Is that what you guys do? You share secrets and then you say, I'm going to give you a testing time. Did you did you spill the beans or not? <laughs> no? Okay, then I trust you. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's something there. <laughs> Because it's just like uh, sometimes us as girls, I don't know, we go through certain things and we don't know who to trust and we try to trust this person and if it worked out, then you know you can continue to trust that person and that that person is going to be there when you are going through a rough time. That's okay. basically what it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then the last one is waning friendship. Waning friendship. What waning is that? Waning friendship. What is that? Is when the friendship disappears. So basically you had a friend, you were very connected with them, but maybe because of distance or changing environment changing interest changing lifestyle you yeah. guys just don't communicate anymore yeah and i've had a lot yeah. of that in my life i think the older you get the more yeah the more you, you see this entire cycle exactly i think a sign of maturity is accepting these stages and understanding these stages i think mm -hmm. that's a good sign of maturity Um, and I think as we get older, we look for people that understand this, mm -hmm. that you and I have just met. We can be cool right now. We mm -hmm. can get to know each other, but we're not best friends and we're probably not going to be best friends. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I, unless if you and I are attached at the hip and we, you know, we're dying in the same hospital, mm -hmm. we're not going to see each other to yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, as you get older, you, you start to become more comfortable with the cycle and understanding that not friendships don't always last forever. Friendships for the the majority of friendships kind of fade they come in and they go out yeah. it's rare that people that you know for years and years and years stay friends with you if they have then not only is it a good relationship but it's an evolving relationship right exactly. it's a relationship that has evolved yeah. that has gone through the stages exactly faded away exactly. and then returned that's that's exactly what i was going to say now that Hit something me. to understand about these stages and what i learned in school this is all textbook information Carla, um, you're like doctor. You're taking Dr. Dr. Greedy's job now. You're Dr. Carla. Ah, uh, come on. No, but uh, what I was going to say is, let's say that you have a relate a friendship that is uh, in the waning, waning stage. Waning, waning. Yeah. Waning stage. Yeah. Um, 
if you guys reconnect again, you're not going to start the whole process all over again. You're gonna take it on that stage where you left over. Let's say if you left over in moving towards friendly relations. So then you'll start to connect that person again and maybe it can evolve to other stages and get into a cybalized friendship. Hmm. So it's not like if a relationship, if a friendship, sorry, disappeared, that's it. And then if you reconnect with that person, you need to start all over again. No, because you already know that person. You already kind of understand what they're about. So you don't have to go over again to get to know them. Well, again. I would maybe disagree a little bit. I think in some cases, mm -hmm. not all cases, but yeah. some cases, some people do have to start again because you might, you might have the reason that, that you guys kind of faded out as friends might have been such a drastic change right. that now you got to start all over again. I've had that situation in my, in my life where I've had friends that I knew growing up mm -hmm. that we reconnected 10 years later and things were a little different mm -hmm. and we kind of had to start all over again. And I felt like, not that I didn't have those memories of our friendship and that trust, yeah. but I felt like I had to reestablish trust. I had to re-understand uh, who is this guy? What is he yeah, about? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Like, I what? can understand that. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I'm saying that it's textbook information because right. in real life, things happen differently. And sometimes we just um, separate ourselves from certain people because of certain interactions that when you're trying to reconnect with that person it's not easy and you need to reprogram everything i'm so tempted to extend this program <laughs> give us another hour on this topic and just talk about <laughs> all the dirty laundry of our friendships in the yeah, past yeah, yeah. but it, no that's not that's not going to be fun no, no, no. no but the the truth is though um I do also have scenarios where I've had friends that we can pick up right right where we left off, and that's yeah, yeah. true. Also, I've had friendships that we've we've kind of faded away, but we could just pick up right where we left off, and it's just like we never lost a day, even though we haven't seen each other in six years, seven years. Exactly. Um, I think also, I mean, another point here could be family friendships mm -hmm. sometimes friends can be like family sometimes family can be like friends yeah sometimes even in family you go through these stages where you have to kind of reconnect retrust that's what i fade. was that's what i was thinking while i was talking about this in family that happens a lot and more when you move from your country or from your city that happens a lot a lot yeah and then and then i would say just to add to the end of this, and this is, again, could have been a whole other podcast, <laughs> but also male to male, obviously, you know, that's what we're talking about, female to female, but then male to female, female to male friendships also go through these stages, also have their levels of trust. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have friends that are female friends that I've known for years that I feel very comfortable with that, you know, people fade and you, you lose contact and it's, there's a reason why you guys are friends and there's something to be seen there and to be understood about that that um you know interests interests and what you evolve into as you get older yeah especially especially as you get older you know and you have families and you have you know your interests can fade yeah you know and your friendships can be can be either adjusted so that you continue to be friends or fade away right exactly yeah, yeah. Are you 
Hablando español, Carla. Yes, hablando español. Okay, so the first word is nascent. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> That's a trick. That's a trick one. Yeah, it is, it is a trick one because I didn't even know either. Nascent. Nascent. Do you have the... Yes, I now have it. What is it? Naciente. I don't know what it is in English. I don't know what it is in Spanish. Naciente is... It's basically like being born. Like... Como nacer. Como nacer. So, nascent is like... Está naciendo. Is... is it's being born. I think I think I'm showing my ignorance right now, but I've I've never heard or used the word nascent in English. Yeah. But okay, so nascent. Textbook, textbooks. Okay, nascent. Okay. <laughs> is is what what is it in Spanish? Naciente. Naciente. Okay. Next one, waning. Waning. Waning is is a tricky one. Waning. I don't. I've heard it used. I don't I've barely ever used that word. Mm -hmm. But waning. The definition of waning, I think, is like it's fall. It's it's fading. It's it's exactly. it's um. Waning is like it's it's uh, wobbling. I just have this picture in my head of something wobbling out mm -hmm. until it's no longer stable. It just mm -hmm. kind of wanes away. Um, so what's waning in Spanish? Because I would have no idea. Menguante. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> these college words. Waning is what? Menguante. Menguante. Are you yes. sure about that? Yes. And and I looked it up. Have <laughs> Have you ever used the word menguante? Yes, but not in that. Not in this concept. How have you How have you used menguante? Menguante. I mean, it's kind of the same concept. No, it's not. Well, menguante is usually used for when they're gonna describe the moon, when you know when the moon the moon can be a full moon, but then it has different stages. Yeah. One of the stages in Spanish is called cuarto menguante, which I now thinking about the definition of waning and menguante, then it can be can mean like that is menguando, meaning that is um that you have less of it like right is is less of the full amount well i mean the the word waning means like to lose strength mm -hmm. to, to lose to lose like um intensity mm -hmm. so like if, if if your your message is if your message for example or your voice is waning then mm -hmm. that means that it's like losing its intensity it's losing its its you está know, menguando. Its so yeah, then yeah. it makes sense for the word menguante because then it's that menguando so uh, that yeah, means I, that like it's, it's fading is yeah i have never used that <laughs> word but okay okay let's, let's continue so next one uh friendship how do you say friendship? oh friendship nice that's a good one yeah friendship amistad Yes, Amistad. Amistad. And if you guys are familiar with the old movie by Steven Spielberg, Amistad, about a boat mm -hmm. called Amistad, a ship. You should watch it. It's yeah, a good one. Yeah, it's a good movie, Amistad. Yeah. Okay, next one, stages. 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 Wow, I've never used stages. Estas son las etapas? Yeah. Etapas, really? Yeah, etapas. Etapas are stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Etapas, stages. And tapas are delicious, too. Yeah. Next one, characters. 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 Okay, this is a good thing now to discuss. Characters. I don't know how to say that in Spanish, but I do know how to say caricatures. How do you say characters? Personajes. 
There you go. Yeah, you nailed it. All right. Characters can be pers personajes. Yeah. Like a character is a personality. So when I say exactly. when I say graffiti characters, I'm really saying graffiti personalities, personalities. and that's why it's not a cartoon. Mm -hmm. A graffiti character is a personality mm -hmm. in the world of graffiti. Exactly. Caricature is different, and that's caricatura. I was going to go to that because yeah. cartoon is also caricatura. Exactly. A cartoon or a caricature is a representation, a visual representation of somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's implied that that looks like somebody. Mm -hmm. A character is a personality. And when we talk about graffiti characters, we're talking about the, person, the personification of an idea, of a, of a mood or a personality. All yeah. right, so character is, in Espanol? Characters, personajes. Personajes, all right. And then let's go into cartoon, cartoon. which is? Cartoon is caricatura. Caricatura. Caricatura, yes. cartoon. Next one, uh, urban. Urban. Urbano? Yes. Urban is urbano. Urbano. Right. Next one, realistic. Realistic. Realistico. Realista. Realista. Realistic. Realista. Realista. Okay, got it. Next one, uh, purpose. 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 Oh, that's, that should not be the same. Purpose. Because it wouldn't be purpose. <laughs> purpose. Pulpo, pulpo. Pulpo, yeah. Purpose is... Oh, shit. I don't know. Purpose. Propósito. Damn. Damn, yeah. You knew it? Well, I've, I've used it and I've heard it. Yeah. But propósito. Propósito. You know where I know it from? Where? From my childhood saying... I didn't do it on purpose. No lo hice Exacto, a propósito. No lo hice a propósito. No lo hice a propósito. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, next one, simple. 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 Yes. All right. Feel so Spanish now. Thank you, Carla. Everybody else, go learn your Spanish. All right, another episode in the bag. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, next episode is episode 39, Branding Fashion. Um, I'm going to talk in Art Life about branding your name, how to make your name um, stand for something. Your signature mm -hmm. is what I mean. Not a company, but your signature. How to make your signature as an artist stand for something. And on Culture Talk, we're going to be talking about Latino fashion icons. Some names that maybe you recognize, but you don't know they're Latinos or other new designers that you should know about. That should be interesting because I, I really don't know too many Latino fashion designers. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. And then at the end? Hablando Español. Oh, yeah. I hope I learned something next week as well. <laughs> Peace, guys.